Hello, and welcome to the Macworld Geek Factor podcast for June 2005. I'm Sarus Faravar. Today on the show, we're going to be talking a little bit about case modding. For those of you who might not know, uh, case modding is short for case modification, which is basically a type of aesthetic uh, addition that is done for computer cases that originated in the late 1990s, around the time when the first iMac came out. And basically all case modding means is you can think of it very much like uh, hot riding with cars. So when people hot rod a car, they might paint the side, they might tweak up the engine a little bit, they might put on some chrome hubcaps or whatever. Well, So you can do similar things with your computer. Case modding, like a lot of things, got its start in the sort of PC world in the sense that, as you probably know, most PC clones are these sort of beige boxes that don't look very interesting, and they tend to be these towers. You know, they're sort of just boxy and boring, and, you know, a lot of people look at those and they and they sort of, you know, are, are just disappointed. And so how case modding got started was case modding is related to another piece of what's called hardware hacking, known as overclocking. Now, overclocking is where you take a factory-designed computer chip, uh, can be Intel or, you know, the PowerPC, and you can tweak it on your motherboard in such a way so that the processor actually runs faster than it's designed to run. Obviously, you're going to be breaking some warranties and stuff, so it's not for the faint of heart, but, you know, this is something that people do. However, one of the pitfalls when you're, when you're overclocking a chip is that the chip gets really hot. So as a result, people often would find that they would need to cut extra holes into the side of their case and make room for sort of extra fans. And that's sort of how case modding first got started, when people would be cutting holes into their cases, tacking on extra fans, and then people sort of said, hey, wait a minute, you know, we can make this not only functional, but cool looking uh, as well. I think probably one of the things that, you know, a lot of computer designers, not only Apple, but other PC designers like Alienware or others, sort of really get inspired by case modding. A lot of people do something that's based on what is what I had talked about just a second ago, the idea of cutting out a hole on the side and making space for a fan. Some people are doing that. They might cut out a large square or rectangular type shape on the side, in, on the metal side of the case and might replace it with, say, a piece of plexiglass or a piece of plastic or something like that so that you can sort of have a window into the guts of your computer. Some people are also sort of, that's that's sort of a basic mod. Some people sort of take it to another level, which is not only do they have the, the window, but they also have uh, maybe lights, maybe LEDs or cathode ray tubes or other kinds of lighting. You see this sometimes on sports cars. They might have long lit up tubes along the running boards on, on the side. So some people are doing that with their computers, and, and so you maybe experiment with different types of, of lighting, you know, maybe a blue light or a green light or a, a red light. And so your computer looks, you know, kind of cool and, and tricked out in a way. There's also other types of mods that are, as I said, more functional. People not only do mods for overclocking purposes, but maybe so maybe you're the kind of person who has a very noisy computer. Some of the some of the Macs these days are pretty quiet, but you know, say you're somebody who's who really wants, you know, to have the quietest computer possible. Well, you can you know experiment with with different types of cooling. Um, there are what are, there are what are called ultra quiet fans that you can experiment with. There are also more 
sort of what's called extreme cooling, which is where you experiment with all kinds of things like water and liquid nitrogen, and people do some really wacky stuff. This involves obviously taking out the fan you have and sort of putting in all kinds of tubing and, and such to replace the cooling mechanism that already exists. But, you know, a lot of, most of the Macs these days are, are pretty quiet. But, you know, if you, if you're really somebody who wants to really dive into that, um, you can check out, uh, some websites about that. Also, another thing that is becoming a sort of newer trend in, um, case modding is the idea of putting your Mac or your computer into a sort of non-traditional device. I've seen case mods that were done in a suitcase. I've seen case mods put into an old VCR case. I've seen people. I've seen case mods that were done in a microwave. I've seen case mods that were done in a desk drawer, just like a bunch of components put together uh, into a desk drawer. You can do all kinds of things. And as I said before, the case modding sort of hobby came out of the PC world mostly, there are a number of Mac case modders. It's a bit harder just because you can't, you don't really have the flexibility that you have with a PC in the sense that you don't have, you know, the parts aren't as readily available and, you know, some people don't want to, you know, modify that as much, you know, because they like how their Mac looks or they like how it functions or, or whatever. I'd say that probably for Mac mods, probably a well-known one, actually, now that I think about it, isn't really a computer mod at all. Um, you've probably seen the uh, uh, Mac Aquarium, and for those of you who might not be familiar with it, it's basically taking one of those, you know, if you remember way back to the mid-'80s when Apple used to have those all-in-one units, starting with the original Macintosh and sort of making its way through the, the you know, the original 128K, the 512, Mac Plus, you know, that sort of generation, the SE, SE30, those kinds of things. Some people, you know, will take one of those and you can get them relatively inexpensively on eBay and sometimes you can find them on Craigslist and in, and in sort of classified ads and such. Some people will take those and sort of gut it, uh, you know, take out all the electronics and replace the inside with plexiglass and use it as an aquarium, and so you have a you have an aquarium literally inside this old Mac case. I've seen some people do some neat mods where they took a Mac, put it inside an old uh, radio case, one of those old radios from the early 20th century. We'll have some links to all of these uh, on the show notes, um, so you can check out what exactly it is that that I'm talking about. You know, and some people like using old cases and stuff. Some people also like, you know, putting newer components into an old case. So you could, you could, for example, I suppose, uh, you know, tear out a, um, an SE30 case, for example, and put in some, some newer components and, you know, set it up in such a way so that you could, so that you could run your, you know, G4, G5 or, or whatever it is that, that you're running these days. Obviously, case modding doesn't have to be limited to the desktop. There are some people, there was a guy I saw once online, again, this will be linked on the show notes, who had, who took it, one of those, you know, the first generation clamshell iBooks and sort of flipped it around and turned it into a prototype uh, tablet PC. The tablet PC exists currently in the PC world, 
It's basically just a normal laptop, but the screen has the ability to swivel around 180 degrees, so you can sort of cradle it in your arm and use it that way, and it you know makes it so you can walk around and, and use it much more easily. He actually had this one modified with a special touch screen so that he could use it in that respect, and then he sort of took it apart and, and reworked the screen so that he could use it as a tablet. There are rumors that, that Apple might be coming out with a tablet in the next couple of years, but for now... They don't really exist. So if you want one, you know, I'd say try and work on it your, yourself. We're going to be moving now to an interview with a Mac case modder. Um, this interview is with a gentleman by the name of Kent Solis, who often goes by the online handle RiskX. And he did a couple of case mods, um, one of which is called the Blue Ice G4, where he took an original first-generation G4 tower and sort of did a couple of different mods on it. He got rid of some of the paint on the side panel so that it could be transparent and let sort of light in and out. He also did a interesting mod where he took the front speaker out and replaced it with a 5-inch LCD screen to use as sort of a secondary monitor. And also, he put in a 5-port USB hub in the front of his computer, something that's a great feature. But anyway, he's done some other things. We'll get right to the interview. So, Kent, uh, tell me a little bit about how you got started with doing case modding. When I first started, I guess, doing hardware hacking or case mods, I really didn't even know I was doing computer mods or that type of stuff. It kind of goes back to uh, when they had the the uh, clones, the Mac clones. I had a power power computing power base 240. My original computer was a fat Mac 512, go all the way back to 1985. And those computers had no fans. They were virtually silent. I love the uh, the new power of the Mac clones and everything, but they uh, with the fans uh, in the uh, power supply and actually in the case to uh, cool off the uh, processor, it was kind of a noisy little machine. I kind of went online at uh, the beginning of the Internet in the mid-1990s and did a little research and uh, found some comparable whisper-quiet fans and ripped the case apart and uh, installed the uh, the new fans. was really kind of uh, apprehensive about the whole thing because I've never really modded any type of computers and I at the time I really didn't know a lot of people who did that computers I guess were more considered uh, you know you don't mess with them otherwise they're going to break I kind of took up the gumption and uh, sliced some wires and soldered some other ones and uh, plugged it in crossed my fingers and the thing worked and it was relatively quiet so it was uh, I guess you can kind of consider that my first actual mod even though it aesthetically or the appearance wise you couldn't tell the difference but were you at all uh, apprehensive about opening up your Mac? I mean, I can imagine that, you know, for somebody who doesn't do it a lot or doesn't work with solders and, you know, wire cutters and things like that, that that might be a little scary the first time you do it. Oh, yeah. I was uh, I was horrified. I was, I don't know what kind of got in my head because, you know, if, if it's not broke, why why fix it? It, it was something, you, you know, at the time you just didn't mess with computers. And I, you know, I'm not... I'm not uh, electronically educated as far as uh, circuits or, you know, even soldering or whatever. I, I kind of just picked up some books at the library, read some magazine articles on my own as far as uh, electronic components, and figured out, you know, the a lot of it's just common sense and stuff, but figured out the basics and uh, really wanted a quiet machine. So I guess that was the motivation to see if I could actually do it and kept my fingers crossed, and hopefully when I plugged it in, uh, 
it worked, and it did. Now, since then, obviously, you've done some different, more complex uh, mods. You did the the Blue Ice G four. Uh, you did the Pyramid one, and and some others. I'm sure. Is there is it better to do a mod that is aesthetically oriented or more functionally oriented, or does it well, matter? Well, first of all, I, I appreciate uh, when you look at a computer, you know it's been modded. And so initially, aesthetically, or the appearance, the, the, the form, the design of the computer is the first thing I look at. You know, that catches your eye. That, that's the first thing. If something that catches your eye, what's different about it, what, what's been added to it to make it unique or, or uh, have a, a cool design, and cool can be defined by, you know, anybody. The, the first thing I look at is how it looks, and then uh, once uh, it, it's, it's attracted my eye, I see if there's any added uh, function to to the mod, and if there is, then it's it's a definite winner in my book. Now, let's talk a little bit about just one of the specific ones. Or I'm, Do you have a favorite mod, actually? I was about to ask you about the Blue Ice, but, but do you have a favorite mod that you've done? Yeah, I would say uh, Blue Ice is probably uh, the first major overhaul mod that that I did and it's went through a couple of revisions kind of fine-tuning it as more ideas and inspiration uh, came to me yeah I I guess in part of me that's that's probably my my most favorite one the the greatest undertaking that I've uh, done as far as mods it would be the Pyramac uh, mod the pyramid because that was totally just uh, fabricating a complete new case and Working out components inside and literally just building a new computer with a, with you know existing components. Probably I learned a lot on that one, but uh, I think Blue Ice is, is probably up there number one. Now for the Blue Ice one, for people who who maybe haven't seen it yet, you've got a I guess it's a five inch LCD put into and these are the old G4 towers, the first generation. You you tore out the front speaker, correct? And you replaced it, replaced, uh, put a five inch LCD in there. Yeah, the blue ice initially uh, started off as a like a, a see through PC or a window PC where I took the paint and uh, basically melted the paint off with alcohol and made the case, uh, the outer shell, transparent. It was a graphite digital audio G4. The next revision or revision two to uh, uh, aesthetically, that was like the first, revision one was the first mod. Revision two consists a little bit more of a functional mod. I love multiple monitor setups. More screen real estate, the better. Uh, constantly have a zillion windows going and several applications going. So, uh, screen real estate is, uh, is very valuable to me. And I thought there was kind of a dead space. I, I'm the type of guy that likes to have my computer by me on the desk. I don't stick it underneath the desk and hide it. So I was always looking at the front of the computer, and I noticed uh, there was kind of a, a vacant space that, yeah, it had a power switch, and there was a speaker there, but the speaker could be put anywhere. The power switch could be re- relocated, and I always had access to the CD-ROM drive and everything, so I thought, why not kind of, you know, make a G4-ish uh, tower iMac, kind of combine the two. Uh, and stick a smaller case into a bigger tower instead of a bigger screen into a smaller case, kind of the reversal there. And uh, so I got to, you know, working on some diagrams, and the Rev2 part of it pretty much uh, came out to be a, a major functional where I could use the mini 5-inch LCD screen and uh, use it for system utility uh, displays, various other software uh, shareware programs like Confabulator that, 
show little widgets of information, which you know Tiger incorporates now. But at the time, we're talking like 2002. It was uh, kind of a cool little thing. Put my little iTunes bar over there, so I can get all these little system feedback utilities going, and still leave my main screens free for the actual production work that I was doing, as far as web design or helping my son with his homework and stuff like that. Now, do you, when you are ready to do a mod, do you sit down and sketch it out? Do you just sort of have at it with your screwdriver and your solder, or how do you do it? Um, the, the way it comes to me first is I have to be inspired by something. Something will strike me, or I'll see another mod, or something even in a movie, or I'll wake up and uh, think that I dream something and say, wow, that would be cool if you know computers did this, or if a computer looked like that. Which one have and, you dreamt? Um... Probably it was the uh, the blue ice one. Kind of a lot of those came to you know, like I said, I was thinking of IMAX. You know, the IMAX, the first IMAX being transparent, and uh, I was thinking, wow, that would be cool to make a G4 transparent, and then maybe uh, instead of making the case a tinted color, you could have different colored uh, lights inside that would change the color to suit whatever mood you were in. If you wanted it red, yellow, blue, or whatever. So that that was the first step, and I saw another site where they made a uh, iBook case transparent, and I thought, oh man, I bet you could still, I bet you could do that with the plastic case, the shell for the G4, and sure enough, you could. So that's where the uh, the inspiration kind of came from. That a lot of it is based off the first iMac, the when when Jobs came back in '99, and then uh, I thought of again, you know, when the you know the iMac all-in-one computer screen computer and kind of transforming or morphing a G4 into a, a unique type iMac screen computer combination. So, uh, you know, it's just kind of, I could be sitting around or, or, or you know, I wake up and I think I dreamt of something like that. And I start thinking about it in the shower and stuff. And uh, the next thing is to, to make plans and diagrams and uh, try and work out and find out all the stumbling blocks that you might hit on paper before you actually start ripping things apart. Well, how would you suggest that people get started? Should they start sort of taking measurements, or are there certain websites you would recommend, or how, how would, you, what, yeah. what would you... What would you like to have known when you had started? Um, well, um, at, at the time, when you're talking probably 99, 2000, there wasn't a, a lot of modding sites out there. There was only a a couple of, uh, like, underground hacker clubs that, that ripped their uh, land machines or their gaming machines apart uh, for show-off. And uh, there, there wasn't a lot out there, even on the PC side back then, um, you know, late 90s. Uh, now you can go online and, you know, search for, uh, you know, computer mods, PC mods, Mac mods, and you'll find, a, you know, cornucopia of stuff out there. So I would say probably visit as many sites as you can some of those sites will inspire you to think of something totally new, something you know different that hasn't been done before, and hopefully will end up being a, a cool new uh, modding invention, if you will. And then, uh, yeah, when you actually come down to start uh, working with the hardware, yeah, measurements are, are the, the biggest thing, especially if you're doing some really intricate technical-type mods, if, if you're off... Uh, you know, an eighth of an inch, you'll you'll totally mangle everything. So, so measurements are very important. Now, I, I guess most people who might be familiar with mods already probably have seen more PC mods. What is it about doing mods on Macs that makes it so so unique and so interesting? Um, that's that's a good question because uh, you know I get a lot of feedback 
from from people, not directly, but indirectly on forums and stuff. It's like, you know, why mess with such a good thing? I mean, the Mac, the industrial design of it, everything uh, is is perfect. You know, you know, it's like taking a a classic car and just totally jacking it up or something. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. But then again, I like to make stuff my own. I like to personalize stuff. Uh, you know, I could you know buy a new. Corvette, that's fine, but I'll, you know, to make it my own, I'll probably maybe trick it out with my own paint scheme, unique color, unique wheels, just to make it my own. And to me, I, just something about me, I, I like doing that to personalizing something where, yet, yeah, it's a, it's an awesome foundation to start with, but there's, there's always improvements or little tweaks out there that, that you can make to things to make them more personal, more functional for your own use. Now, you'd said to me uh, another time we spoke previously that you were sort of taking a break uh, from modding um, for now. But, um, you know, if you do get back into it, do you have any ideas currently bouncing around in your head, stuff you'd like to do in the future, or stuff you'd yeah. like to see other people do, maybe? Right now, um, you know, life is, you know, it goes through, like, biorhythms or whatever. Right now, work is in uh, family is just taking a lot of my time. I don't have the, the time that I would like to devote to a project where, you know, when I get into the project, I don't devote 30 minutes, you know, a week or whatever. When I when I start a project, I go full bore into it, and sometimes I'll work on it continuously for five days straight. Then again, with work and time, that right now it that's not so easy to do. But uh, I do have some ideas kicking around. I have a couple of uh, two themed mods, if you will. Uh, I guess one uh, one little. Uh, tidbit I can give you is one is involving where you take, let's say, a, uh, a mini Mac or an iMac, if you will, and a, uh, uh, a shop vac. And I'll let your imag- imaginations flow with that one. Where do you, where would you suggest that people go to get parts like, you know, plexiglass, L- LEDs, or, you know, stuff that, that you've used? Um, eBay is the mother of all, uh, all stuff modding related. <laughs> However, there are, uh, you know, it depends on your your actual components or materials that you want to use, uh, like plexiglass and stuff and tools, maybe some electronic components. You could probably, you know, buy your local Home Depot or maybe even Walmart. Surprisingly enough, auto shops have a lot of actual modding components, if you will, for computers because stuff that you could trick out your car, it's all based on the 12-volt current, so you could just slap it pretty much or, or tear it apart and make it your own and stick it into a computer, no problem. But uh, auto shops are great as far as just going down. You know, look at some of the, uh, the neon tubes and other little uh, uh, trinkets that they have for modding cars, and a lot of those can be applied to modding computers just as easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you just don't want to buy something pre-made and, and stick it in and say, wow, that's cool. I mean, you can, and to you, yeah, it is cool, but, you know, try to do something a little bit different, something that hasn't been done before, and you might even come upon, uh, come uh, across a, a really cool idea that uh, inspires others or maybe even uh, bigger companies, or you might even take a commercial yourself, you know, if it's a, if it's a really cool mod. Just on a final question, um, are there is there a particular mod or a couple of particular mods that you've seen maybe on the Internet or in person uh, that you are among your favorites? 
there's a ton out there. I used to, uh, uh, I lost my old bookmarks uh, a while back, and I had like a special uh, bookmark site with uh, hundreds of different types of mods, Mac mods, uh, PC mods, uh, themed mods from movies and stuff like that. Um, there, I would say there, you know, I don't have like one truly complete favorite one, but uh, there, there's a ton of stuff. Like I said, if you just go online and start searching for uh, computer mods, PC mods, Mac mods, hardware hacking is another term you can use. There's just a ton of stuff out there right now, and, it, and it's changing even more rapidly than before. You know, a couple of years you would, you know, see uh, a handful of really cool mods in some of the uh, bigger publications or online uh, syndications would kind of have these uh, contests and stuff, and uh, that would kind of uh, bring out some of the really cool mods. But, uh, yeah, there, there's just there's just a ton of awesome stuff out there. Now, you know, granted, I'm still looking for, uh, I, I haven't seen anything that kind of, what I'm kind of looking for is something that puts the computer industry on edge and maybe even makes them think different about how they manufacture or design or the form of computers, the function of computers. Uh, you know, like the tablet PC, you know, turning a laptop, flipping it around and turning it into a tablet PC. I think that's awesome. And I think some companies just probably got it from some modder that, that did it first. And they said, well, yeah, tablet PC could probably take off. That's what I'm kind of looking for. But uh, kind of a, something that comes out of the garage, some kid's garage, that, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Kent Stallis, thank you very much for, for taking the time to speak with us. And uh, best of luck to you and uh, hope to see you back in the modding scene. Me too. Me too. And uh, thank you too. All right. Thanks again. All right. right. Bye-bye. So that's our show for June 2005. We'll hope you'll join us again next time for the July 2005 edition of the Macworld Geek Factor podcast, where we talk about the Mac Mini, how to take it apart, how to hack it, how to put it in your car maybe even. Um, So we'll hope you'll catch us for that as well. Once again, my name is Saruj Faravar, and you've been listening to the Macworld Geek Factor podcast. Have a great rest of June.